I would see the word kitten and I'd just be like, candy? <laughs> Cynthia, she brings us the hilarious Canada-born Chinese immigrant story. This is The Immigrants, series podcast from DQM Podcast. I'm Amida, episode 6, Cynthia. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, so I grew up and I actually learned Chinese first and I remember like, I don't know if I was just young or if I was stupid or maybe because I learned Chinese first, people would say things in English and I would hear the words but I wouldn't understand the meaning. So one time this girl said, in the nick of time, and I remember like, individually, like I could pronounce and say the words and I could hear them, but I had no idea what what that, what that sentence mean. meant, uh. right? And so I remember people used to think I was very slow or had a learning disability because, you know, I'd be trying to describe, I'd be trying to describe things like a tissue box is light, right? As in the weight is very light, uh -huh. but I would say things, the tissue box is hang. Hang from Cantonese means light, right? Uh, 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 like uh, not heavy. Uh, uh. And just like the whole, like my teacher would be like, what are you saying? It's hang. Like, and I'm like, isn't it obvious? It's hang, you know? And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then I went home and I was like, mom, like I don't understand what the confusion was. And she was like, because hang is uh, Cantonese, oh. not English. Okay. So I actually was in ESL for uh, a little bit <laughs> in <laughs> elementary. And I remember being in ESL with an Indian boy. Um, and uh, a white guy who was just like very slow, had some kind of learning disability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, at all. <laughs> That's why I was in yeah, okay. ESL. But I remember like everything, like I remember, you know, we'd have writing classes and I just like, I could not read. Like I would see the word kitten and I'd just be like, candy? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what this is, you know, and I'd be trying to pretend to read, um, but I'd actually be looking at the pictures and trying to guess what the book was about. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, learning math, too, like, you know, they would say things like, oh, put the one, then carry the one over, and I would just, like, just, like, everything was just so confusing, like, it was just, like, one ball of confusion when mm -hmm. I was little. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so my parents actually also thought I had a learning disability, too, when I was little. Your parents also thought Yeah, like so it. they thought maybe I was a little slow or whatever. Um, uh -huh. So thank God that changed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, like... So why your parents are also thinking you have a learning disability? But before they send you to Chinese school, so they, they saw your progress in Chinese, right? Oh, well, no, I actually didn't join Chinese school right away. Like, I learned Chinese at home because I oh, spoke Chinese okay. with my parents and all okay. my aunts and uncles. Okay. Uh, I'm also, like, the eldest in my family, so, oh, okay. so my entire no family... No experience. They don't have yeah. other experience but for other kids. Yeah, so my entire family is, like, came from... So on my mom's side, Chinese living in, Vietnam, in Vietnam, Vietnam, and then my dad, he came from a town, like, outside of Hong Kong. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and I was like the eldest in my family. So when I was born, like, I spoke Chinese with everybody and uh -huh. I watched Chinese shows. Uh -huh. So when I went to elementary or kindergarten, grade one, whatever. Uh -huh. um, so, so that's, uh, do you think that's the biggest uh, challenge or difficulty for you? Um, I think another thing that was kind of surprising too was like, mm -hmm. and I definitely see it now as I'm older and I have a lot of, like most of my friends and best, all of my best friends and most of my friends are actually immigrants okay. um, to Canada mm -hmm. from places like Africa, 
uh, Dubai, China, mm-hmm. and I definitely see it now. And I guess when I was little, I, I, I like experienced it. I think another big thing was just like the way it's, certain cultures have a different, different not ideology, but different. You're not an Indian. Are you an Indian? No, I'm not. But my parents were cultural values. So, oh, for then, example, yes, like yes. in the Chinese culture, mm-hmm. um, in the African culture. Um, in the culture of Dubai or Syria, mm-hmm. um, where my friends came from, there's like a very heavy um, emphasis on family, or there's a very heavy emphasis on a certain type of lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? For example, um, like school, yeah. academic performance, mm-hmm. uh, family connection, mm-hmm. um, career, or even how you act in society too, right? Certain certain cultures promote more like being a little bit more open and. You know, and certain cultures are a little bit more like not closed off, but just like mm-hmm. you show or express your your uh, affection in a very different way. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. So that was another really big like thing that I felt was like I remember I'd go to school or you know I'd watch TV even or I watch like English shows and I'd be like, that's a thing. <laughs> like, do people do that? That's not true. Uh-huh. This is just TV. And then I would go to school or wherever you, you go, you know, you go out. Um, and it's just, you see it and you're like, no, that's not a, that's not possible. That's not a thing. So I remember like when I was younger, like that being kind of a, I don't even want to say culture shock because I grew up here. So it yeah, sounds it's ridiculous. Cult- it's, no, it's not ridiculous uh, because you have a cultural de- yeah. a, a background difference, right? Yeah. It is a cultural shock. And I remember already. like when my best friends, um, you know, I was talking to them. She was saying that when she came from Dubai, like mm-hmm. she was just floored by some of the things that Canadians did. And like, <laughs> like my <what>? friend. <laughs> like what? Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> we'll come back to that. But like another example is like my friends from Nigeria and mm-hmm. Zimbabwe mm-hmm. was saying that they, when her parents came, they were just baffled by the idea of orphans and fosters. Because from where they come from, the children belong to the community. And so nursing it, homes, eh? That, that blows sure. a lot of people's minds. Because, so it doesn't matter if yeah. you your parents died. It doesn't matter because you belong to the community. The tribe or the community comes together to take care of the children. Oh. It's not like the child just belongs to one parent and if the parent is gone, oh. then they're given to orphanages or okay. foster or adopted. Mm-hmm. Like that concept does not exist oh. um, apparently in the African upbringing that her parents grew up in. Uh-huh. So when they came here and they saw orphanages and they saw foster and adoption, they were just floored. They're like, this does not exist back where we come from. Oh, you know, so yes. concepts like that are just, you know, very strange. Back yeah. to my Dubaian friend, um, mm-hmm. things that really confused her, um, it, she was just like, just like really simple things that, you know, you would never really think about until you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, Taking the transit, even taking the transit was so strange, and housing. So she lives in Dubai, which is very, you know, like a very big, busy city. Nobody lives in houses, you live in apartments. Oh, yeah, yeah, same like in China. Yeah, Mm. so you live in apartments, and so the way that you you get around the city is Mm. very different. And Mm. so she comes here to Canada, and it's like, okay, there's all these buses, and, you know, and there's these schedules, and there's public transportation. And she's like, this is not a thing, like, you know, like, and houses have addresses. And she was like, you know, back in Dubai, like, it's just kind of like that apartment complex, and that's it you know but here it's like street avenue like all uh-huh. these like different you know things that you wouldn't expect uh-huh. um, and of course there's always like the culture shock like you have very different um, 
like like I said, cultural emphasis on certain concepts oh, yeah, yeah. that like mm -hmm. surprise and floor a lot of people uh -huh. as well. So. Yeah, I I was when I came here, I was surprised that it's a Canada like a developed country. How can those people didn't get a high education, right? Some people just uh, graduated from grade twelve or. How they work then, 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 Some people don't even graduate. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, I even heard that they were staying in America. A lot of people even haven't seen airplane. They, yes. So I said, oh my god, I, that, that's something I certainly, certainly shocked me, really shocked Because by then, when I was in China, I thought, okay, developed country is supposed, a lot of people are seeing a lot of things, and most people get education mm -hmm. and uh, another shock thing for me is homeless oh here's so many so many homeless people and then somebody even told me that's their living style mm -hmm. also something really shocked for me mm -hmm. yeah like another thing with my friend from dubai is the idea of pets so just like when she came here and she was like canadians like dogs mm -hmm. canadians have cats as pets you know and she was just floored. She's like why would you do that why you know and it's just because like if you think back to their culture and their city you know it's a very big bustling apartment based kind of yeah, um, yeah. city life like mm -hmm. they don't have yeah, you know have... animals is not a big part of their lives right yeah, so like, she comes here and she's like hiking something animals are a thing <laughs> yeah she's like why would you choose to camp Cynthia oh sorry am I allowed to say my name why would you ever choose to camp when you can live in a hotel you know and so it's like definitely I see those kinds of like huge culture shocks in my best friends who come from another country and I guess yeah. like to a very much like, much smaller extent obviously <laughs> like I maybe felt those kind of uh, shocks too when yeah. I was younger, uh -huh, so and I think it was primarily because I grew up in a very like, um, I grew up in like a very more like in a fa like in a family where we retained like that culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so which year do you know which year your mom came from? Um. Yeah. So my dad came over in high school, mm -hmm. and my mom came over with her family, probably like. In junior high something like that so she was she was younger maybe like nine he was older he was high school age um, I know it was very difficult especially for my dad um, because when he came over he said he pretty much had to grow up in one day uh, so he actually was going to a high school where there was a, like more Asians and there was a, like you if you wanted to you could be part of this age like a group of Asians and, and just speak Chinese um, but he knew that that wasn't good for him so he actually uh, went out of his way to go to a different school which was primarily Western and had only one other Chinese person and I asked him like why would you do that that sounds terrible and he was like because I knew that that was the only way I would learn yeah I would learn English and, and, and and do that. So listening to his experiences, it was a like a very difficult adjustment for him mm -hmm. um, to do that. Mm -hmm. My mom was probably like easier because she's the youngest out of seven children. Okay. So at like at least she had other people who even if she didn't understand everything, mm -hmm. you know, like she would have family to rely on. Oh. Okay. Um, but even she, like I remember, she was saying how like 
her English sucked and she would take um what is it called you know you have your in in school or high school you have like your English language arts 10-1 yeah, yeah. is it 10-1 20-1 30-1 English yeah yeah it's like your you level guys all have, mm. right? and so for her in order to pass because she was so bad at it she would take summer courses like 10-2 oh. Okay. And then that would kind of be like the point five. The yeah. bridge? Yeah, the bridge to the I actually the took, yeah, took 30 tough. dash. No, I took ESL and then I got into 10 dash one and then 20 dash one. And then I knew if I go to 30 dash one straight, I wouldn't pass properly. Yeah. So yeah. I went to 30 dash two and then I jumped to 30 dash one. Exactly, that's yeah. what my mom So I took did. like, so in high school, I took like how many classes of yeah. ESL? <laughs> I took like the first two. No, first semester, no, first year, so grade 10 and grade 11, first semester, so like a year and a half of ESL, and then, uh, and then I took uh, four other English language arts uh, courses in a year and a half, which was kind of nuts, because no, yeah. no one else did it. Exactly. But the, your, your dad, uh, some, uh, when he changed school because there's a Chinese group, then he changed school. He had a similar experience with I did. You know, when I just came here, then one month I found a job. And I, I was looking for a job. Then they told me you can look for a job from TNT. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I, we were living very close to downtown Safeway. So I went to Sydney. I found a job. Then TNT then asked me, I said, no, I don't go. So people ask me, why don't you go? Because you speak Chinese, uh, Mandarin, and Cantonese. I said, because I speak Mandarin and Cantonese, I won't go. Because if I go TNT, what language I speak? Most uh, must Cantonese or Mandarin. Mm -hmm. So I won't learn English. Mm -hmm. So I forced myself also stay in Sydney. That's how. I improve my English very quick. My landlord, when when we just got that uh, that uh, downtown apartment, my friend came with me. Then landlord talked to me. I, I can't understand, but I couldn't reply. Couldn't mm. see. So my friend uh, speak to me for me uh, in um, on my behalf. Then after we move away, that's one year staying at the same building. Then the landlord came to told us it's a building, right? The, the manager told us, wow, your English improved a lot. I thought I didn't feel anything because mm -hmm. I, I still, my English level still very low. But no, I just feel, before I feel really, uh, it's, how to say, discouraged. Mm. So I thought, why my English is so slow? And when she talked to me, that so encouraged me. She said, your English improved a lot. I said, how do you know? And then she said, See, first time when we talk, you couldn't speak a single word. See, right now we can talk. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really encouraging me. So, okay, talk to, uh, I guess your mom, maybe uh, your mom came uh, from uh, like a refugee because, oh, yeah, because by then I know. Um, was it? So, uh, oh yeah. yeah, at the time there was the Should war going be. on. So my. No uh, China and yeah. uh, Vietnam. They're trying to like recruit oh, all those people. Okay, yeah, yes. and so, Vietnam, Vietnam gonna kill those Chinese people if they yeah. don't go. So my grandfather mm. actually like paid money to you know smugglers to smuggle out uh, my uncles. Okay. So one went to, I think one went to maybe Australia. Yeah, yeah. One went some. to. Was it Europe? Um, Taiwan, yeah, yeah, sorry, Taiwan, uh, yeah, yeah, so there was like three uncles who got smuggled out, um, so 
yeah, they have their own adventure story. <laughs> no, it was pretty terrible, actually. So, yeah, they got smuggled out. Um, and then eventually, um, I think, like, one got sent to, like, America, um, came down to Canada, and then he brought over the family. So my mom was, like, you know... She definitely had her times, but I think she was lucky in the sense that, like, she had, like, an older brother to, like, bring the whole family over. Mm. And so our, our family's, re, like, reunited now. Yeah, mm. we are split between nice Calgary and Edmonton. Nice. Wow, that's nice. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> that's really nice. So did your parents talk a, a lot um, about those, um, as an immigrant, they live here to how to adjust here? Um, yeah, like... Um, you know, I guess, yeah, so, like, I, so, actually, um, both my parents were actually, like, from Edmonton, mm-hmm. um, and then we moved down to Calgary afterwards, so, I guess one time we went up to visit family in Edmonton, and then my dad took me around Edmonton, and he, you know, we went, we went back to his old high school, to his old university. And it was, you know, like you never really think about it. You're always like, Dad is just dad, you know, he's just dadding around, doing his thing. You never really think about what your parents are like when they're younger. It's you know? emotional, right? Yeah, and it was kind of crazy because it was like, I can't believe you were once a teenager. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you were born old. <laughs> that's what it is, though. You know, like, that's how, you know. How did it Yeah, like, how did this happen? Like, you were young once? Um, don't ever let my parents hear this. But, you know, so we went around Edmonton, and he was like, yeah, this is the high school that I went to. And I was like, oh, it looks really, I don't, you know, like, it looks like a normal high school. And he's like, yeah, back in the day, you know, it didn't look like this. There was um, more, I don't want to say this too meanly, but like there's a little bit more racism. So at the school, there's only two Chinese people. Okay. And I asked him, you know, like, why would you put yourself through that? Like, why would you put yourself in, a, in an environment where you knew there would be isolation, where you knew there was going to be, you know, more difficult when you could have been in an environment where, you know, obviously there's still like, less Chinese, but at least there was like a small group of Chinese people you could like be with instead of just, you know. Um, yeah, and so he said he was like, because he knew like that was the only way, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know, like, I think back then it was, you know, I could definitely see it being worse. Um, I guess, like, even in elementary, you know, I do remember, like, mm, like, I do remember there kind of being, like, mm, how do I say this (laughs) eloquently? (laughs) Like, I mean, if you talk to any of my, like, uh, immigrant friends or, like, even people who were raised here, Mm. um, like, I think there was definitely more of a mis, like, not being able to understand different groups. Yes, you know. You know, even when I was going through high school, it was like always, you know, this group of Asians. Yeah. Yeah, Asian even even separate the two groups. Yeah. Pure English speaking Asian. Yeah. Like when I was in high school, school, there was like Cantonese, and then there was Mandarin, and even the Mandarin had like. 
you know like the super fob mainlanders and then like the less you know and it was like quite a thing and i remember just like being baffled by it like there was like a lot of like unnecessary ice i don't know it was very segregated it was like the cbc yeah and people used to hate me because i was cbc and then there's the there's the super fobby mainlanders i'm sure like even between like white people there's multiple groups yeah there is and then there's the sporty ones there's not so smart doing academic there's an academic <laughs> ones and then there's like the other scum yeah. that's, that's, that's how bullies come from right? sometimes anyways yeah so actually when i was in daycare uh yeah when i was little i was in daycare they actually used to have um like a song about oh. chinese people oh. um i can't repeat it because it's pretty bad but you know it was like the very typical like oh you have like small eyes and like you know like mm, like really not great things i've been called a chink before um on the street oh my god so like you know those things exist but i definitely think like um depending on what environment you put yourself in like you know like like I said a lot of my best friends are immigrants my boyfriend's an immigrant um, <laughs> my whole family's an immigrant so you know like I yeah. I think it's amazing really it takes a lot of strength and it takes a lot of courage uh -huh. to uproot your life and move somewhere else yeah and uh, and um, it's also take your strong mindset to adjust and to um, I cannot say uh, say so fight those bully back. Just uh, say adjust. What tolerant. group you are in? Yeah. Are tolerant? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I know a guy. Uh, actually, he was um, mm, actually my friend. A fiance was what? Okay. So he told me his story. He also immigrated here when he was maybe eight years old or or, or something. Anyway, young age. So supposed to adjust very well, but he didn't because he said, yeah, he know Asian people also. He he, he came from uh, Korea, so Asian people got a lot of like discrimination and some bully. So he purposely outside of home, he never speak yes. Korean, so speak English. Yeah. And uh, a friend of his those white people, and however, so till now he. He said uh, he lost a lot of Korean language ability, yeah. even with his parents. He said that's the most regret thing for him. However, and he, I don't know how he said he developed those uh, depressions. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, so I was asking him why. He said maybe because uh, right now he didn't because so many too long years. He said might be because when he was even teenager. And his uh, identification because he's Korean and uh, Canadian and uh, Asian people because he speak English, right? So Asian people not group with him. Oh. And the white people not accept him. Yeah. So that's so yeah. So I said, oh my god. That's yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, by then, and the, and then right now, much better. However, he's already this depression, depression. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember it, like, kind of being awkward, like, sometimes people would, like, make fun of me for being CBC, mm -hmm. and then sometimes people would make fun of me for not being Asian enough, you know, yeah. and I just remember, like, 
being so, little and I just was like super baffled. I was like, I don't so understand. You, you don't know where you should belong, right? You know, and I think maybe part of it is because when you're younger, like you're in that school environment and kids are just clicky and terrible anyways. Yeah, um, But like, you know, um, it, like I definitely feel like there's more acceptance now and like, you know, like that's more... Yeah. Um, it's okay to identify with both and to be proud of both. Yes, right now. So you think you're most, uh, you think you're Canadian or you think you're Chinese? Uh, I'm really proud to be both and I'm really proud to be a CBC. You know, like when I hear that China is doing well. Yeah, back in the day to say CBC is like, I don't know, I remember people would be like, oh, Canadian CBC equals banana. Sorry, banana is derogatory term for like you're Chinese on the outside, but inside you're white. Anyway, so sometimes people I remember back in the day, you'd say CBC and like Asian people would kind of snicker a little bit, and, you know, like, but I'm very proud to be CBC, you know, like when I hear that China is doing well, like I feel a lot of pride in that they've grown so much and they've done so like incredible things, like made so much progress. Like it's very, very difficult to buckle down and make that kind of progress progress in such a short amount of time and it makes me very proud to be Chinese even though you know like I don't speak Mandarin fluently I only speak Cantonese you know um, and even though I'm sure they might look at me and be like oh maybe she's like not a real Chinese or whatever but I'm still so proud when I hear that China's doing well um, and I'm proud of like the Chinese culture like I'm very proud like you know we have the this sounds so strange mooncake festival or new chinese new year's like i'm really proud to be part of that you know and to say like oh this is my culture this is my food you know and like chinese people believe in working hard and studying hard you know um so i'm really proud of those values too um but at the same time i'm also super proud of being canadian you know i love the idea that we live in a country where there's like a lot of acceptance um, is encouraged you know where people can can just be themselves and um, a lot of culture, you know, like, I don't know how many places in this world actually has a lot of cultures coming together. For example, in Dubai, um, my best friend was telling me that when she came here, she was shocked that Chinese people worked hard because in Dubai, it's one of the most multicultural cities in the entire world, rated the top, one of the top most multicultural cities, but there is still a lot of segregation. So local Dubaians live in local Dubaian communities and go to schools only with other local Dubaians. Um, Chinese people only live in Chinese communities and go to Chinese markets and Chinese uh, schools. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like my friend, she's from Syria. So mm -hmm. she's not considered a local Dubaian even mm -hmm. though she grew up there. Okay. She's considered a foreigner. Okay. So she, uh, those kind of people live in their own community and mm -hmm. go to their own types of school. She came to Canada. Not your friend, she's Syrian. Never. And she had never seen cultures come together and, and just side by side work, like study together. Mm -hmm. Being even in the same library together was something she'd never seen before. And now we're like best friends. And she told me like I didn't like mo like I didn't know Chinese people worked hard because I never was well, with Chinese uh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. even though there are so many Chinese people in Dubai mm -hmm. you know so how many places can really say something like that and be proud of their culture yes. you know mm -hmm. and so I'm very proud to be Canadian you know yes. you know you know the funny thing is that you, you mentioned the uh, banana right you uh, know uh, that day I and Joe met a guy white guy saying uh, his wife was saying he's an egg he's egg. a what? an egg? Outside the white, oh. inside the yellow. Oh, <laughs> because he married a Chinese wife, oh. and he went to China, China so many places. Even he didn't speak Chinese, but yeah. he know lots of things about China. Yeah, he, he, he agrees of how he agrees upon how like 
he agrees more with how the chinese run to run the government yeah so i'm very proud of being both like i'm being i'm proud to identify with both chinese and canadian you know and i think it's like i'm really lucky because i have the best of both worlds i have the culture and values and belief systems and exposure to both of these you know which a lot of people don't have or a lot of people maybe have but don't really realize how lucky they are yes that's true that's true yeah, it's a Chinese uh, saying. Uh, means if you're living in the honey, yeah, you you never know honey is a sweet. The Immigrant is from DQM Podcast and Meida. Thanks for listening. Please do write me and leave a review. And if you haven't already, do subscribe. It means you would get next episode automatically.